0: Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday, hump day. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, And happy warriors. Check me out on social media. Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. And Twitter and true social at Monica Crowley. Also by email at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. All right. uh, Coming up here on Friday, let me just mention, I know I had promoted Judge Deneen Pirro. She had a scheduling conflict. So we are going to try to rebook her for a little bit down the road here. In the meantime, on Friday this week, we're going to have a really important conversation with Greg Jarrett of Fox News, who's got a sensational new book out on the Scopes Monkey Trial. Really fascinating legal history, very resonant for today. We're going to talk to him about that, but we're also going to talk to him about all of the legal stuff coming at Donald Trump, including the possibility that this week, the special counsel in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case for Trump is going to move with an indictment of Donald Trump. And it may not be mishandling of classified material. It may very well be obstruction of justice, but he is looking for a charge and he's going to bring it. Make no doubt about it. All right. So that may come toward the end of this week. Um, So we will talk to Greg Jarrett on Friday about all of this, where we are, where we're going in all of it. Also next week, a really big guest will be here on the Monica Crowley podcast, a really big guest. So you're going to want to stay tuned for all of these shows coming up and tell all your friends, your family, your colleagues, everybody should be listening to the Monica Crowley podcast. All right, today I want to spend the entire show today in a very, very special, but also critically important way. We speak a lot on this show about politics, of course. And about totalitarian ideologies, communism, socialism, fascism, and how they're all of the left, and how they have all been leveraged to weaponize and ultimately destroy entire groups of Americans, including African Americans, as the totalitarians work to destroy this country. We also on this show talk often about the spiritual battle we are in. This is a spiritual war. I know a lot of people feel, feel very uncomfortable talking about spirituality, spiritual battles, God versus Satan, God versus the enemy, good versus evil, however you want to put it. But on this show, we are totally unafraid. We are unafraid in every aspect of the conversations that we should all be having all the time. And so today, I am particularly honored to have with us a truly great public intellectual who has thought a lot about all of these issues. Vince Everett Ellison was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. His parents at that time were sharecroppers. And through hard work and a belief in Jesus Christ, his parents pulled him and his seven siblings out of poverty That, my friends, is the American dream. His family then started the Ellison Family Gospel Singing Group, where where Vince sang and played multiple instruments. Maybe he will sing for us today. And he also worked for five years as a correctional officer at the Medium Maximum Kirkland Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. You got to have a steel spine, To work in corrections in this country, frankly, anywhere, Vince has it. Then he worked in the nonprofit arena and has written a very important book called The Iron Triangle, Inside the Liberal Democrat Plan to Use Race to Divide Christians and America in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Defeat Them. He's also written numerous articles for American Greatness, BizPackReview.com, and other publications. He's got a brand new documentary out which is absolutely staggering it's called will you go to hell for me and it will take your breath away vince everett ellison joins us now such an honor to have you with us sir
1: no the honor is mine i've been a fan for years and i've always wondered how could a, a person be beautiful how they can be blonde. How can we be conservative and Ivy League at the same time? You, you fit all of those, Monica. So you're really, really, you are a unicorn.
0: <laughs> I'll take that, Vince. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, that's you're very, welcome. very kind of you. And I've been a fan of yours uh, now for a while. In fact, I saw you on Tucker Carlson and, and I said, who is that? I need to know who that is. And I've been watching you ever since, reading your stuff. You are absolutely phenomenal. And I have to tell the audience That you have done so much important work to expose the radical left and what it has done to the black community and to race relations in America. You, Vince, you tell the truth. And we are so grateful for that.
1: Yeah, this has always been their plan, uh, Monica. And if we just go back through their history, we'll see that's what they've always done. Uh, Since their inception in 1800, the Democratic Party has always used race to to, uh, uh, maintain power in America. Uh, and they've done it on the backs of black people. Uh, they were the party of slavery from 1800 to 1860. the Party of the Confederacy from 1860 to 1865. They were the party of Jim Crow from 1865 to 1970. I mean, just arbitrarily murdering, killing, um, uh, uh, castrating, raping black people, um, and and um, and now they're the party of um, uh, abortion, party of transgenderism, party of atheism. Uh, the the Democratic Party uh, today is just a, it's a party that's controlled mostly by a cabal of perverts, liars, and anti-Christian bigots. Uh, they are an evil organization, always have been. And you don't have to ask me. Just go to any ghetto in America. You and I can recall when John F. Kennedy stood on the <laughs> Berlin Wall and said, if anybody would like to think that communism is great, let them come to Berlin. But uh, we can say the same thing here. If anybody thinks that the Democratic Party is any virtue or value, let them go to the inner city. Let them go to Chicago. Let them go to Detroit. Let them go to Memphis. Let them go to LA. Let them go to San Francisco. Let them go anywhere where these people rule. And you see that there's chaos, there's death, they're destroying the black community. And here's the sad thing about it. They're proud of it. They don't ever say we've done anything wrong. They don't ever try to change course. They double down. They put more money on it and they're killing these people and they're proud of it. And they have and this. This is the really real scary part about it. They have the same thing, the same ideology. They want to do it to the whole nation. The black community is just a petri dish for them. They want to do it to the whole country. And that's what we have to expose. And that's what we have to understand. And if we don't wake up, they're going to get what, going to get what they want.
0: I so appreciate that you use the word Evil. And a little bit later, I do want to talk to you about the spiritual dimension of this war that we are in, not just for the future of America, Vince, but really for the future of the West, because the West was built on Judeo-Christian values. It was built with God in mind. God steered uh, these great experiments in human liberty across the West Because human liberty is a gift from God. And of course, Mm -hmm. the enemy comes right at it and weaponizes whomever he can. And certainly he has weaponized the left, the Democrat Party in this country. I also really appreciate the fact that you went through the history of how the Democratic Party has always been the racist party. And I want to ask you, because at least since the 1960s, right? We got the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and, and all of these things made institutional racism illegal in America, right? So both of those things were triumphant pieces of legislation, both politically and morally. And then the left realized that the races getting along harmoniously was going to impede their bigger agenda of destroying America. And so from that point on, they set out to divide in order to conquer. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that more recent history of the Democrats and the left? How did this begin and how does the left go about this race hustle to keep everybody uh, separated, divided, and at each other's throats, and seeing skin color where we would never ski- see skin color before.
1: Well, thank you, Monica. Well, I go through it that in great depth in my in, in my documentary uh, where you go to hell for me, and also in my books, um, Twenty Five Lies and, and Iron Triangle. It, 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 I, I, I rewrite a lot of history. It's, it's no, it's, it's own history, but you have to dig for it. Um. um uh, uh, when we start talking about the civil rights movement, what the civil rights movement was, it was basically a con job, and the Marxists and the communists wanted to take over the United States of America. We all know about the Cold War; you and I lived through it, through the trauma of it. And um, uh, uh, they wanted to find a group of people to infiltrate. And if anybody wants to read about this, just read about the communists and 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 and, and, and black people in America, and you'll see that it's all written down. And they decided to infiltrate the black, the black community. They started really after the, the Russian Revolution in 1917. But they didn't make any progress until they met Martin Luther King Jr. And what they did, they took a racist organization, that was already racist and evil, and, and made it racist, evil, and, and, and Marxist. So through the Civil Rights Movement, uh, through the black church, they 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 took over the black community and they uh got the they 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 got the, the voting rights act passed but then they had the black community vote for marxists to take over the democrat party which is what they did uh they did it after the 1968 convention saul Alinsky told them after um uh, in, in Chicago, after Mayor Mer- Mer- Daley beat the heck out of all of the radicals and ran them out, and they were crying and moaning about it, he said, at night when you come back in four years, y'all be the delegates." And they did. They came and they take, took over the, the uh, convention. And you should read that. You should read um, some of the things that they did, and some of the things that they started fighting for. They started fighting for guaranteed wage. They started fighting for affirmative action. They started fighting for feminism. The Democratic Party changed completely to a Marxist organization after 1972. And it came through the Civil Rights Movement. The Civil Rights Movement didn't do anything good for Black people, nothing. We, uh, we um, Harvard did a study that said that we are more segregated now than we were before, before the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. Black schools are still the worst schools in America. A Black family's been destroyed. Uh, the Black church is now an apostate church. And when I worked in the prison system, I started seeing all these young Black men going to jail and I asked the Black intelligentsia what's going on here. And they said, well, evil, rich, white Republicans hate Black people. No. That was a lie. Their job, and I found this out because I left and I started working in the ghettos, and I found that these three entities were making money off the chaos inside the black community. There were no rich white Republicans in the black community keeping black people down. You found the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civil rights organizations down there. And their job was to make sure that black people voted for the Democratic Party by hook or by crook. The whole Voting Rights Act was designed to make sure that Black people voted. And when they voted, who did they vote for? They voted for the Democrats, and they voted for the Marxists to take over the Democrat Party. This is when you had what they call the white flight from the Democrat Party to the, to the uh, you know, our party, to the Republican Party. It's because the Democratic Party turned Marxist. That was it. It wasn't about race. It was about uh, it, it, was, it was about feminism. It was about... Uh, Gay rights planks. It was about uh, anti-Christian bigotry in the party. So anyway, I go into that in depth. And since 1972, the Democratic Party has been a completely different party. It's been more of a Marxist, communist, socialist party. They fought against God. They fought against religion. They fought against family. They fought against everything that's good. And they've been winning. And they're not going to stop because they win. They win in the inner cities. They win in the ghettos. They win when you find people that believe that they are not strong enough to make it in America like um, most of us have. And they become this, 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 this party of lies, deceit, anger, envy, income inequality. Look, I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. I cannot be oppressed. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. I cannot be a victim. I have never met... Any man superior to me. So when I see these black preachers and black politicians out here talking about white supremacy, uh, victimization, oppression, I say, no, not me, never me. Nobody's superior to me, and I have nobody's under me. I see brothers and sisters, all of them, with gifts, and my job is to help you elevate your gift. So in my um, uh, documentary. Will you go to hell for me? And your your, your listeners can go to will you go to hellforme.com. Will you go to hellforme.com. Look at the trailer when I debuted it on Tucker. Tucker said it was the best trailer you'd ever seen. And it's been selling like hot cakes because people are finding out the truth. And I go into this, it's very, very controversial what I say about the civil rights movement and what I say about my Martin Luther King Jr. and all of it. But it's all documented. You can sit there with your phone and you can check everything that I say. And you'll find things like Martin Luther King Jr. was excommunicated from the black church in 1961. Excommunicated. Killed a preacher on the floor trying to take over the black church at the National Baptist Convention. And they excommunicated him from the church so he started his own church. Yeah, it's called the Progressive National Baptist Convention. That's the secular that Raphael Warnock belongs to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Martin Luther King Jr., guess who was the first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award? Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood. And she started the Negro Project designed to destroy the black community. Guess who was the first recipient? Martin Luther King Jr., 1966. Yeah, he, had her, he helped her set up abortion clinics in the black community and started abortion in the black community. Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. The man in house clause in welfare? Yeah, the clause that destroyed the black family? When Patrick Moynihan did the Patrick Moynihan uh, 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 Report in 1965? saying that we need to put the Black man back in charge of his family, Lyndon Johnson said, take it to the civil rights community. They rejected it. And instead, they told them to put the man-in-house clause in welfare. They said if you caught a Black man in the house or any man in the house, they could get no welfare. He'd have to be gone. And in one generation, the Black family went from 80% of their children in wedlock to 80% being out of wedlock. And it all came through the civil rights community. These are all facts. And this is just a little bit of it. I tear the whole house down. I tell the truth about it all. This is not a mistake. This is a plan. And our black preachers, our black civil rights organizations, and our black politicians have the fingerprints all on it, and they've had their fingerprints on the, system, the Civil Rights Movement.
0: And so I was going to ask you about the black churches. So I'm glad that you brought it up, because the black churches used to be such a bastion of morality and what is right and sort of a, a generic conservative view of the world. And what you're saying is that these black churches got infiltrated by the left, by these Marxists, by evil, um, and became completely corrupted. And now they just, they just preach this nonsense that this vile garbage, right. And the people in the pews are absorbing it all.
1: Exactly. It's black liberation theology. Yes. Um, you, um, your, your listeners, yeah, they can look at all up. about 80% of black churches now preach it. It says that Jesus would not have identified with white, with white people. They say that Jesus would have, would have believed that, you know, he would have, uh, he would have identified with the black community uh, because Jesus was oppressed because Jesus was maligned. So he would not have identified with the white community. He would have uh, rebelled against it. And a lot of this poison, it's almost like uh, in these, uh, a lot of the radical it, it, it's, it's Islamic uh, uh, temples, they, they, they've spread it, this lie in the black community. And the real Christianity says, you are not supposed to hate anyone. You're not supposed to be envious. You are not supposed to look at someone and say, I want what you have. It says we're supposed to forgive one another. It says we're supposed to love one another. It says we're supposed to have give forbearance to one another. Instead, the black preachers are out there leading their congregations, no justice, no peace, uh, uh, income inequality. uh, uh, We want government, we want reparations, We want the government to take care of our children. All of this foolishness that is so anti-Christian. But it started with Martin Luther King Jr., I Have a Dream speech, when he said, and I can remember this because I was wondering, why was these young men so angry when they were kneeling? Uh, You know, back in 2018, Kaepernick and all of them. And I I was trying to figure out why they were so angry. And I went to the Lorraine Motel, and I saw Martin Luther King Jr. doing his I Have a Dream speech, and that speech was being looped. And, you know, the great writer Thomas Wolfe said, you'll see things, i see a thing a thousand times before you see it once. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard King give this speech a thousand times, just like you have. But this time, I heard him say something in it that I never, ever paid much attention to before. He said 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. I was born free. My freedom came from God. It's an unalienable right. And according to John Locke, who wrote this in his Second Treatise of Government, is it is irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. It is mine. I don't come to government for my... Own. Um, right. I have it. It belongs to me. He said that uh, 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 he had a dream that one day his four little children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the, the content of their character. It was very, very slick what he did here because he made people believe that you are not judged by your character. Monica, you are going to be judged by your character. Mm-hmm. It is inescapable. It is unavoidable. Even if someone calls you the N-word, how you handle yourself after that. You can win them over. I have seen too many black people, too many people in America, whose character showed who they were. It wasn't the color of their skin, it wasn't their gender, it wasn't their sexual orientation. Tim Cook is over Apple. He's a gay male, openly gay, his character. You, your character. You know, I've seen people with great character come over every obstacle, but he made people believe that it was the color of their skin. And it a fallback position that's given every black person in America almost the reason to say I can't make it. It's not your character. He said, No, 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 no. They're not judging you by your character. That is a lie. You are going to be judged by your character. And then ask the question, When will you be? When will we be satisfied? We will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like water, and righteousness like a mighty stream. That was just a fancy way of saying never. Constant continuous revolution and we've been doing it now for 60 years mm-hmm. and five times in that speech he told black Americans that they were not free and that they had to go to white America and ask for their freedom this is why we're at the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic in America that type of thinking thinking a, 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 an illegal can come across the river tomorrow from Mexico and make more money that year than a black man with 20 generations in this family why because we've been told a bunch of lies to keep us under the foot of the Democratic Party, and as long as we keep voting ninety percent for the Democratic Party, they're not going to change a thing.
0: You are exactly right, and I'm I'm so grateful to you that you're taking on all of the, um, you know, all of the sacred cows and the sacred personalities like Martin Luther King Jr the left, the Democrats, all of it. You are completely unafraid because, as you say, you're a child of God and you've got the ultimate protector. Vince, I'm going to ask you to please hang tight a lot more straight ahead. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double, and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, we're back now with this very important conversation with Vince Everett Ellison, and you can find him at vinceellison.com. So let's talk about the first point, the the first objective of what these communists have been doing over many decades. The first is all of this racial animus that they gin up and create, manufacture, is to keep us all divided, of course, um, because Americans, the vast majority of them, the vast majority of them, love their neighbor as themselves. And we would all be getting along just fine if not for the left's evil intervention and playing the race card constantly and driving that wedge. The other objective is to keep black Americans down as a permanent underclass so that the left has a permanent voting block to keep themselves enriched and in power. Again, this is about, this is all intentional. This is about keeping black Americans down. And Vince, I have to tell you, I've said this once if I've said it a million times. What the left and the Democrats have done over these last decades to black Americans is a crime against humanity.
1: Yes, you are so right. It's so easy to fix. If they gave us the federal government, you and I could fix crime in the inner city tomorrow. We would, we would, we would, we, we would fix the schools tomorrow. We'd start school choice. We'd send in the National Guard, lock up all the thugs, get the drugs off the street. We would secure the border tomorrow. We know how to do it. They know how to do it. They don't want to do it. They win. As long they're not going to uh, 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 change this thing, as long as they're winning, their job is to win and stay in power, and they have been winning and staying in power. You got Jim Clyburn down in South Carolina, been in the been in the Congress for thirty-two years, and his district is worse now than it was before he got there thirty-two years ago. You think they fired him? No, he got promotion. He was he he was the whip of the Democratic Party for twenty years. Why? Because he kept his 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 his, his district poor, crime-ridden drug-ridden, ignorant, and under the control of the Democrat Party. That's what they want. That's what they do. They're proud of these places. And everywhere they go, everywhere they go, where where there's a minority group, this is what they do to them. They beat them down in the ground. And they're proud of it. And they do it because they're evil. They don't want you to start making money and have families and have jobs because then you'll leave them. Right. They want to keep you down and keep you under control. And you know what? They enjoy it. Mark, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, sinister, it's a sinister meanness in these people. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, cancer. People say, "What you know, cancer just destroys because it destroys. This is their nature. This is what they do. They, they, they're, they're just like locusts. They're like a flood. They're like a tornado. It is their nature to destroy. They will destroy their own community because they enjoy it too much. Psychotics love killing. And some people say, well, Vince, aren't you taking this too far? Said, no, look at your history. Stalin was a psychotic. Mussolini was a psychotic. Uh, Hitler was a psychotic. They couldn't stop that they had destroyed their whole country. They weren't going to stop until they destroyed them. You look at what's going on in Chicago right now. Everybody sees it. Everybody. They ain't going to stop it. They're just trying to get the police off the street so they can expand it. We have to start understanding what evil is to stop trying to explain it away. It's like a mad dog. The first lesson I learned when I worked in the penitentiary was these people said, don't worry about asking why these people do what they do in here. It's their nature. We have these walls up and we have these guns because they, because they will not control themselves. They enjoy doing what they do. Our Bible tells us that these people cannot sleep unless they do evil. They cannot close their eyes unless they make someone stumble. And they are stumbling blocks. They will stop a child. You know, for instance, school choice. We know it works. We have all the data, all of it, that says if you take a poor child and put them into a private school, that they do better. And who who stops it? The Democratic Party. We know that a father in the home makes a home stronger. Two parents makes a house better, makes all society better. Who stops it? Democrat Party. We know that people have a right to defend themselves in their homes, to keep the drug dealers, and keep the crooks, because the police can't be there at three in the morning when somebody kicks your door in and comes through your window. They know that. Who stops it? Who keeps these people from defending themselves? The Democrat Party. We know that the fentanyl and the drugs are coming across that border. We know it. We know how to seal it. We know it. Who stops us from sealing it? The Democrat Party. You see what I mean? Evil. Yes. Just plain out and out evil. Why would you lock a five-year-old child in a failing school that is a monster factory like the ones they got in Baltimore? Well, they know that these schools haven't taught anybody to read in the last 15 years, but they give them more money and they will not let those children leave. Why? Well, because of the teachers' unions and because they enjoy seeing these people beaten down. They enjoy it. They're an evil organization.
0: They don't just stop
1: until we make them.
0: They don't just enjoy it, Vince. Although they do, there's there's a real masochistic, sadistic glee that goes with these people because they are um, instruments of evil, 100. percent But it's also a lever that they use to keep the black community down, to keep themselves in power, right? It's all about keeping them dependent on government and what the left and the Democrats have done to our inner cities, to education, especially for minority kids, what they have done with abortion, aborting tens of millions of black babies since Roe v. Mm -hmm. Wade, what they have done with guns, with crimes, the incarceration rate among young black men is out of control and has been for decades the left, the Democrats have carried out an absolute war against black Americans. Again, keeping them yes. dependent on government with poor education, doomed to a life of poverty, crime, prison. This has been a crime against humanity. And, and yet the left has flipped the script very effectively. They somehow have the conservatives, the Republicans as the racists. How have they gotten away with this? for so long.
1: Well, we've, um, we, we made a deal with the double. the conservatives did in, in uh, 1992, when Lee Outwater became chairman of the RNC, uh, he made a deal with the Black Caucus that if they would um, vote for his redistricting plan, that um, he would make sure that the, the that, that, that GOP stayed out of their districts in perpetuity. And every 10 years, they re-up that deal. And um, I don't care if you're black or white, Jew or Gentile, if you are a Republican running in a minority uh, black district, you get no help from the GOP. So for the last 30 years, the GOP has not been able to give the message to the black community. And so the, they've been down there saying, that the Democrats have been down there saying anything they want to say about about conservatives, about Republicans. And there's been no pushback because if Jim Clyburn has $10 million to spend and the guy that he's running against can't hardly buy gas money, there it is, so Jim will go down there and say he's for welfare, he's for food stamps, but he won't tell you he's for transgenderism. He won't tell you that he's for castrating little boys and calling them little girls, giving them vasectomy to little boy, little girls, and calling them little boys. He, he they won't tell you that uh, you know they're, they're for boarding children and children up 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 to the ninth month.
0: Can I I stop you there and just ask you, because this gets back to our previous bit about the black churches. Black churches uh, ground uh, all of their preachings and their Sunday service in the scripture, okay? How do they square that with, number one, abortion, and number two, this entire transgender agenda? How do they square that in these black churches? I mean, don't they see... The, the contradiction here, and that is fundamentally evil, it's child abuse?
1: So This is what they do. They will, they will talk about it, but they won't tell you that the Democratic Party is for it. Most of the time you go to the black community and tell them that the Democratic Party is party behind all this, the black community knows nothing about it because it's not put into a national fine box. They're, they're, they, 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 they don't watch Fox News or they don't listen to your show. The black community doesn't. At least um, if, if, if they do, it's that 10% that's very conservative. And, but the rest of them watch a certain type of media, and they know what we watch. And they will, and they, if they bring it up at all, they'll never tell you that the Democratic Party is the party behind it. Matter of fact, we don't do a very good job of it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about it. You'll hear a preacher talk about it on TV. But he won't or can't say the Democratic Party is the party behind all of this. The churches say amen, 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 amen. But no one in that congregation will say the Democratic Party is the party that is behind this and no Democrat is telling them, and no Republican is coming down there to tell them that either. So that's why I do what I do. And many people ask me, so Vince, how are you received when you went to the black community? And you tell people this. I said, they love me. I know my people. I don't have, I don't have no problem in the black community at all. Zero. Zilch. None of it. Whenever I go to a black church, I go to a black community, I talk to black people, I have no problem. Zero problem. This is why, when I talk to the GOP, I tell them if you just did a little bit of work, you'd get this done. This is low hanging fruit. But they don't do it because they made this deal. So they stay out of the black community. And I can recall if you read Lincoln's Cooper Union speech in 1858, he talked about in, in the speech, he talked about how, how the Democrats lied. He said, you, you try to say that us, we Republicans, are trying to start an insurrection down south with your slaves, that we deny it. He said, Our, he said, your slaves wouldn't even know that a Republican Party existed, except for the lies that you tell about us in their presence. It's the same thing. The Black community would scarcely know that a Republican Party existed, except for the lies that Democrats tell about the Republican parties in the Black people's uh, um, presence. But we won't do our due diligence. They won't get behind a person like me and say, Vince, this great documentary that you have out. Will you go to hell for me, we need to make sure that every black person gets it. We're going to send it to their homes. Oh no, they're not going to do that. They're not going to take one of my books, 25 lies and take the cliff notes and send them out to the black people and tell them to read this. They're not going to do that. And when you, and, and it's too easy to do Monica, it's too easy to do. So I, I have in my book, 25 lies, I talk about the deal that Lee Atwater made with the, um, with, with the black Democrats back in 1992. And how that led to them taking over the GOP, taking over the Congress for the first time in 1994 for the first time in 42 years. And new Guinea came to speak of the House. It was genius. It was good politics. But it's, it's, it's very bad for the nation because the black community is getting more and more ostracized and more and more segregated. And it's another lie that they uh, say that, you know, the Democrats want to have integration. No, they don't. They fight for these majority black districts. You know, if, if white people come in to the black community now, what do they call it? Gentrification, don't they? Mm-hmm. Gentrification. Gentrification. If you leave, you call it white flight. But you see, they don't want you in those black districts because they cannot control white people like they control black people. They don't want integration. They don't want the high schools integrated. They don't want the HBCUs integrated. No, they want that part of, of the black community where they want it. And they don't want white people anywhere in it. The biggest segregationists in America are black Democrats. They still want the black church segregated. They want black schools segregated. They want HBCU segregated. They want black neighborhoods segregated because they control them all. Right. That's right. It's it's about power and 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 control. We want integration. It it is. And then they use white guilt on white Americans and, and condemnation. And if you're a Christian, listen to me. You're never supposed to live in condemnation you supposed to walk up to that black person that tries to make you feel bad about whatever, slavery or the civil rights movement, and say, look, let me tell you something, man. You're a free man like I am. I'm not responsible for your condition. You are a slave looking for a master. And I am not going to be your master. If you want a master, go to the Democrat Party because those are masters looking for slaves. But this is what I will do. I will help you be a free man. If you need a job, i help you find one. If you can't read, I'll help you learn to read. If you want to, if you need Jesus Christ, I'll take you to church with me. Short of that, don't you come up to me telling me that I'm responsible for your condition. And if you try to come and take anything from me or hurt me or mine, I got two things to get you off of me. Jesus and my 38 comes from us. <laughs> well, if, us.
0: if you got those two things vince you're like completely invincible if you've got your 38 you and go. you got jesus right
1: Yeah, i got jesus gotta have both of them and say now jesus now, I, I got to take care of what i can take care of jesus will take care of the rest
0: yes yes okay please stand by much more with vince everett ellison straight ahead All right, we are back with Vince Everett Ellison. You know, I wanted to ask you about this racial animus that is completely reprehensible, that is constantly stoked by the left and by the Democrats. Nobody did that routine more effectively than Barack Obama. Our first mm-hmm. black president, who was supposed to unify all of us, remember, is his campaign right. slogan was hope and change, right? And yeah. he was going to bring yeah. us all together. And yet... All day, every day, for eight years, under Barack Obama and Joe Biden as his sidekick, all they did was drive racial divides. Can you talk to yes, us about did. his role in accelerating all of this?
1: Oh yeah, but Barack Obama, you know the first four years he was trying to you know do to do what he was supposed to do, but then uh, the last two years he was in, he was given instructions that was to put the black people back on the plantation he could not leave the Oval Office making them thinking that we were in a post-racial America. So the Trayvon Martin thing came up. And that's when he started stoking the fears in America about racism and racism being part of America's DNA and about reparations and what they've done to us in the past. And Barack Obama became the worst president for racial relations in history because he could, have, he could have changed this country for the good. He could have said, no, you are judged by your character. You're not being judged by the color of your skin. It is always your character. How do you think I got to the White House? White people voted for me because of my character. How do you think uh, 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 so-and-so, so-and-so got this, and so-and-so, so-and-so got this? How do you think the whole NBA is 88% Black now? Because these boys play hard. they character. How did these Black boys start started, 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 uh, starting at University of Alabama, started in the NFL? they character. Yeah, gonna be, that's going to be people that will come up to you and not like you because you're Black. That's their problem. It's not yours. I'm a Christian. My job is to love you. My job is to love you no matter how you feel about me. But don't get this twisted. Christianity is not a religion of nonviolence. Christianity is a religion of non-aggression. Hear me well. There's no virtue in me walking down the street and seeing a three-year-old girl getting raped. And I said, well, since I'm a Christian man, I can't do nothing. Gotta sit here and watch. No. My job is to grab that guy, get him off of her, whoop him till he stops fighting, hold him for the police, and turn him in. There's no virtue in me being at my house tonight. And some men come in and try to rape my wife and my daughters, and I say, because I'm a Christian man, I can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. No, that is a lie. And this is another thing Martin Luther King Jr. and all these people throw at us. They made us give up our manhood. And and our manhood is our Christ-likeness. We lost the respect of the world, our families, the women in our community, because we would not protect them. The biggest problem in America, in black America right now, is not white America. It is black male cowardice. We sit around and we care about our own communities, won't take care of our children. It's not white people setting fires, shooting people acting the food, not taking care of their families. It's black men. And instead of Barack Obama and them talking about that, they want to talk about some foolishness like reparations. Let me tell you something, Monica. The next time somebody can bring up anything about reparations to you, you take them to Gettysburg, okay? Show them the tombstone. Say, there are your reparations right there. Mm -hmm. You take them to Vicksburg, Show them the tombstone. Take them to Shiloh. 630 American lives die for your reparations. You better not say nothing else to me about it. And then after it, There was a, uh, they they did the 1866 Homestead Act. I I talk about this inside inside the documentary too, is that any able-bodied man can go out west and you talking about 40 acres of a mule, you get 150 acres, 150 acres of land. You can use it as collateral to get your mule and build a house and you can start out as a middle-class American. You know how many of the, you know how many of the four million black slaves took advantage of it? Less than 5,000. They call them the Exodusters, less than 5,000. Guess who took full advantage of it? White people coming from Europe, getting on those ships, coming over here to America and fighting the Indians. Yes, they're the ones that took advantage of it. And then Black folks now want to read history and want to read it sideways and say that, well, the Europeans took advantage of it. They did because they had the moxie to do it. Instead, and this is the truth. The black community during the Civil War, and this is going to hurt people's feelings. I don't care, let it hurt, but it's true. When Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, you know why he had to issue it? Because black people were helping the Confederacy keep, them, keep black people in slavery. They were still picking cotton. They were digging trenches. They were putting up the ramparts. They put up the defenses, all of it. The Confederacy could not exist without black labor while all the white men were out there fighting and the women were at home, the black men were still in the fields picking cotton for the Confederacy. And when Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, only 5,000 crossed the Union lines and fought for their own freedom. You know who fought for their freedom? There were 200,000 free black men up north. 87% of them, 87% put on a uniform and came and freed the slaves down south. That's who fought. And white men, most of the black men walk right back on the plantation and work for their former masters again. Now, we got to deal with this. We got to talk about our part in our own suffering. We got to stop talking about what white America did. And you got to start looking in the mirror and say, we are mostly the reason for everything that's happened to us. And when you start doing that, You have to have a come-to-Jesus moment, don't you? And you say, if I'm the cause of it, I can change it. That takes faith and manhood.
0: But they're constantly being preached to the other message, which is you are not at fault. You are a victim. You're a victim at the hands of white America and the colonialists and the conservatives and Donald Trump And and
1: everybody else. It's a stone cold lie. Right. I and my brothers and sisters were born on a cotton plantation. The only I was born at the bottom rung of everything in America. Except so for one thing, I had a father. If I'd had a father, I'd have been the bottom of America. I was at the, I was at the Jim Crow South sharecropper, all of it. Now I have everything I want in my country, and I've had it most of my life. I live on a golf course, twelve acres, Lakeview I got a m- over a million-dollar house. My wife's an attorney. My brother is the CEO of a major, major Fortune 500 company. My, all my sisters graduated college. My family lives the American dream. I have a sister-in-law that won a gold medal in the Olympics. I have a brother-in-law that graduated West Point. Don't tell me what you can't do in America. And we came from the south in Tennessee and Haywood County from a cotton plantation. My father aspired and bought us out off that plantation and told us, Always told us, you can do anything you want. As long as you're willing to work hard, keep your word, and believe in Jesus, you'll be fine. Monica, I never thought, any time in my life when me and my brother was going to the College at University of Memphis, we never thought, when we were eating at the same bowl trying to survive, that this was our place, and this is where we were going to stay. We were always on the journey. I'm still on a journey, going through life. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'll get better. I'll get worse. Wherever, but any place I'll be, I'll be blessed. I'll be happy. I'm gonna be happy. You can't control my spirit. You know when 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 John Locke said that your that 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 your freedom is irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. People say, well, what if they put you in prison? Then they take your freedom? No, they didn't. Because God is still gonna judge you by how you act in that prison. I've seen guys get life sentences. And they are in that prison taking young men that have three and four year sentences and changing them. They're changing their lives. They're baptizing them, teaching them their Bible and sending them out as changed men. They'll never get out. They're men of honor. They're men that have changed their lives. They're intelligent men. And God is going to judge them based upon what they became in that prison. So we start saying that yeah, they took your freedom. Like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Well, they can kill you. Let them kill me. Set me free, earth. you sending me to go be with Jesus? You think that scares me? You have no power over me whatsoever. The devil has no power over me. I'll walk around this earth. I've got an inoculation for the measles. Measles can't touch me. I have a satanic inoculation. He can't touch me. I'm inoculated. I'm inoculated against racism. A racist can't touch me. He has no power over me. Let him try to see what happens to him. He can't do anything to me. So when white people, white men, walk, black men walk around here talking about they're scared, scared of racism, all this kind of stuff. So, man, you ain't nothing but a punk. Walk around talking about you scared of white folks. Scared, Telling your wife you're oppressed. Telling your children you're a victim. No one of you have no, you can't stand up and look yourself in the face and say you're a man. No, that's not how I see the world. Now, nor any man around me. We have to stand as men. We have to start defining what that is again we have to start telling people no, there's a definition to a man and a woman no a man is not kicking out his son because his son is trans because his son is gay he probably kicked him out because he was disrespectful Mm -hmm. i need you to mow the yard son well i don't want to get my nails dirty what did you say boy i need you to dress up we're going to church today i want to wear a dress no you're not put on the suit do what i tell you now and see and a boy gets disrespectful and society tells him to get disrespectful to his father and his father says you can't stay here and talk to me that way or oh, he kicked me out because i was trans no he kicked you out because you were disrespectful because mm-hmm. you would not conform i have told my children your job is to do one thing conform i run this and as long as we allow ourselves to be pulled out of what god put us into we'll always be at the bottom so we have to take our manhood back take our families back take our country back, take our communities back, and lead them the way Jesus Christ would want us to. And you'll see America become a beautiful place.
0: Yes. I'm on my soapbox. Oh, amen. Amen. Preach. (laughs) Preach. Vince, this is why I wanted you on the show today, because I wanted you to preach this message. We've got to hit this quick break, but we will be back with much more. First, though, guys, you've heard me talk about Nutrafol for a long time now, and that's because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for both men and women. For my listeners, when you use promo code MONICA, you will get $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order. Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Every formula is physician formulated using natural medical grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth in just six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. So get $10 off at nutriful.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MONICA. We're coming right back. We're back now with our final moments with Vince Everett Ellison. The left is so dominant, they control all of the levers of power in this country. And then you've got uh, radical members of Congress who also happen to be black, like Iana Pressley, Cori Bush, oh, and, and there are others, and they are constantly yeah. preaching the opposite message. So what is the most effective way to reach the black community with the message that you are putting out there so effectively to counter what the radicals are telling them?
1: This is what we're working on now. We, we are, we're, we're working on now, me and me and a group of people. We want to find a way to use the way of communication that we have now to put it in the hands of everybody. So we can bypass the news, we can bypass a lot of these things. We want to be able to put these messages in these people's cell phones so that when they're walking around and bam, it can show up and they can talk to them. But we have to be the one to bring it. It's almost like, you know, if somebody wants to give you bad news or, or tell you that, you're, that something's going on bad with you, you want to hear from a friend, right? Not from an enemy. If an enemy comes at you, you're not going to pay any attention. But if your right. best friend walks you and says, Monica, I want to talk to you about something. You say, yeah. Uh, so, so what is it? You say, it's going to be a tough conversation. You want to hear it? Sure. Okay. Let's talk. That's me. I'm one of these few hybrids, that, especially a black conservative, that has lived this life. I've worked in a prison. Uh, I've, I've played gospel music. So I know the black church. I've, uh, I've, I've, i spent the first half of my life as a Democrat, part of the Democrat party, know it well. Um, grew up poor part of my life. I grew up poor. I have lost none of my street cred. I helped organize the million man march back in 1996 with Louis Farrakhan, the nation of Islam, all of them. So I've, I've always been this guy that has been part of the community. So when I sat down and talk to them about what I talk to them about, they listen to me. I'm not some majorly, you know, guy born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I'm, I'm six foot, I play college football. I'm six foot two. I, I bench press 350, sometimes 400 pounds. So when I talk, they listen to me. And when we talk, we talk as brothers, we talk as men, as I do with all men. I'm a Christian man. And when I talk to another Christian man, I vibe with them easy because iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? And when I talk to you, I'm going to talk to you about your Christian walk and your Christian faith. So 85% of black men say they're Christian, 85%. The rest, the rest of them, I say they're nation of Islam, got no problem talking to the nation. So when I talk to them, they listen to me. And this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to talk to all Christians, black and white, because Jesus's last prayer before he went to the cross, was for us to be unified. He prayed for unity. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And we Christians have been divided in America, and they divided us on race. Yeah, black and white Christians believe almost everything, almost everything. We're not, I mean, I'm, I'm not Nigerian, and I'm not Congolese, I'm American. And the Nigerians and the Congolese don't have anything to do with me. I'm a man. I eat hot dogs, hamburgers. You know, we watch football. <laughs> We're Americans. Yep. And for black people to still think that they're not American, that the left is playing a trick on them. You are an American. You're not a stepchild of this country. You are a birthright child of this country. You are a Christian. Therefore, therefore, we have these things in common. And these, these, these leftists over here, and here's the sad thing about it, Monica, they are atheists. They are traitors, they are liars, they are perverts, and they are haters of mankind. The black people in America have nothing in common with these people, but God, they're shrewd. They'll take it to Al Sharpton and hold their nose and give them a few million dollars and tell them to go into the ghettos and make sure that the black people vote for the Democrat Party. They'll bring these ignorant black preachers who most of them are just, you know, workers for Satan. They'll bring them up, pay them, you know. You know about street money. Yep. Souls to the polls. Yep. Uh, ballot harvesting. Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, you give them uh, $10 in a pork chop sandwich, you know, and a Coke. All this is in the black community. It's a shame. It's a shame to see what they do down there when it comes down to it, to elections. Just buying these people, that selling their votes for nothing. You know, it's the spirit of Esau that's down there. Yes. Um, Esau, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of pottage. And our Bible says that God despised Esau. He despised Jacob for buying it. He despised Esau for selling it, for not seeing its worth. And this is why our towns without cities are left to us desolate. We sell our birthright for a bowl of pottage, food stamp, handout, you know, something for free instead of say no, 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 bro, you can't buy my freedom at, at any price. We're selling our freedom to these people. And, and when our Bible tells us you can't have two masters, it says that specifically. He said you cannot have two, no man can serve two masters. You must love one and hate the other. Right now, look at the black community, tell me which one you think they love and which one you think they hate. And, Martin, and, and, and when it comes out to the civil rights movement and, and Martin Luther King Jr. You know, the part that I had to deal with was when I started asking the question about the black community and the condition that it was in, uh, and I started reading my Bible, and uh, Jesus' disciples asked him a specific question. He said, Lord, how will we know a false prophet? He said, you'll know them by the fruits they bear. Mm -hmm. You will not get good fruit from a rotten tree, a bad fruit from a good tree. Each fruit and tree will be after its own. And if you look at the black community and you take the black community's word for what's going on, the fruit is rotten. And if the fruit is rotten, the tree that it came from had to be rotten. And the tree is the civil rights movement. The tree is the black church that stands. The tree is a black politician. The tree is, 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 is these black preachers. They're rotten to the core. How do I know? Look at the community. It reflects exactly who they are. My books, The Iron Triangle, my, my, my second book, 25 Lies, and my documentary, Will You Go To Hell For Me, tells it all. You can go to my website at VinceEEllison.com. That's VinceEEllison.com. It's got everything on the website. Or you can go to WillYouGoToHellForMe.com. And you can stream the, the, uh, 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 the documentary, or you can buy it and you can read the reviews. People say it's the best movie they've ever seen. Everybody says it's the best documentary that they've ever seen. It will rock your world. It'll change the way you view everything from the Civil Rights Movement to the Democratic Party. It will change. It will give you answers to questions that you've always had. And you'll say, that's the reason. That's the reason. And we're going to keep going with it because we're making progress. I'm looking at polls that said that, 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 that we've had uh, more black people are now turning away from the Democrat party. They're seeing and they're understanding, you know, this transgender thing, I think they took it too far. I think people are now realizing uh, that this party is a demonic institution. Mm-hmm. I mean, Monica, how can you justify that? How can you justify castrating little boys? You know, Jesus said, you know, I, I, there's a great definition for evil in the Bible. Is anyone that would harm a child. He said, anyone that harms one of these little children, it's better that a millstone be tied around your neck and you be thrown into the sea. Yes. Well, I hope these Democrats can swear, because that's all they do. God, Joe Biden said he supported ch- children getting transgender operations. Joe Biden said it, and the Democratic Party is all behind it. You remember they uh, all voted against that bill uh, that the the Republicans put up last month that said if a child survived an abortion, the doctor would have to render aid to that child. Yes. All Democrats voted against that bill. Mm -hmm. All of them. Mm -hmm. When, when, When Roe v. Wade was overturned, Chuck Schumer tried to get a bill passed in the Senate that would Allow abortions up to the birthday, and all the Democrats voted for it. This is how evil these people are. So they've convinced the black community and most of them so and, and 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 most Christians in America there's some type of severability between their vote and the actual person that you're not your vote. I'm gonna tell you this, and uh, uh, this will be my final story for the day. Uh, I was driving with my daughter. You know, people are actually me how did I come up with this documentary. Um, 2016, I was driving with my daughter. Donald Trump had just been elected president, and this was around Thanksgiving, right between the time before he 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 got inaugurated, and we were driving home for Thanksgiving, and we decided to stop by a McDonald's to get something to eat. And when we stopped there, it was this woman's caravan that was going down there, and they were going to, you know, they were going to march and try to run Donald Trump out of office, and when we were there, this white lady from the caravan walked up to my daughter, seeing that she was Black, thought that she was a Democrat, walked up to her and said, hey, why don't you come to Washington DC with us? Uh, we are, we're, you know, we're this woman's caravan, we're, we're feminist and, 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 and we're pro-abortion, and we're gonna go up there and try to run this thing out the, of out the White House. And my, my daughter looked at her very respectfully and said, ma'am, I cannot go with you. She said, I'm a Christian. I'm not a liberal. I vote my values. And I was so pleased with her. And I asked this question, why don't more people, why don't more Christians just say, I'm a Christian and I vote my values? Yep. I'm a Christian. I live by the laws of Jesus Christ. And I vote based on these laws. Because if you don't think you're going to be held responsible for everything you do and say, you're mistaken. Everything, you're going to be held responsible for it. Romans 14 and 12 says you're going to stand in front of God and be held accountable for everything that you've done in your life. So if you think you're going to vote to give a politician the power to kill a child and not be held responsible for it, okay, you'll see. If you think that you can premeditatedly be told by a politician that if you give me if you give me your vote and I get elected, I'm going to vote to use federal money to castrate a child, castrate a little boy and call him a little girl, give to secondary little girls and call them little boys. And you do that and you don't think you're going to be held responsible for it? You'll see. The Democrats have set a trap for every Christian in America
0: and this is why your documentary is so critically important. Vince, it's called Will You Go to Hell for Me? And you can see it, you can stream it. willyougotohellforme.com is the website. I want everybody listening to please check it out because at its root, this is a spiritual battle. You know, we talk about Trump versus DeSantis or Biden versus whatever, and we're talking about all these issues, and they are critically important, of course. But people are sort of of missing the forest for the trees here because there is something going on on the spiritual plane, And we are in the middle of this battle. And man, you better pick the right side. Because as you say, Vince, you're going to have to answer for all of your choices someday. So you better be on the right side. And I, Mm -hmm. Vince, I so appreciate you. I appreciate your courage. I appreciate your guts. I appreciate your work. I appreciate your fearlessness to tell the truth, not just to the black community in America. I mean, that is, that's, that's a mission that you are are, you're basically a one man band. I mean, there are some others out there, but you're doing the heavy lifting, but you're also speaking to the white community, the Latino community. You're, you're talking to women that, that this is a universal message. This is not a race-based message. This is a universal one. And you better pay very close attention because the hour is late. The hour is late, not just in America, the hour is late globally. In a spiritual yes. sense. And you better yes, be indeed. paying attention. All right. So as we mm-hmm. let you go, Vince, um, Will You Go to Hell for Me is the documentary. Will you go to hellforme.com. Give us your website as well again.
1: It's eellison.com Vince E. Ellison. And Monica, one of the other reasons why I am so, so brave, is that I know there are people out there like you. I've watched you for years. You are, you are, you're, you're, you're a dynamo. You've been successful at what you're doing. I'm so happy to finally gotten a chance to meet you and talk with you because now we can assist each other in doing this. I know that it is in your bones to do what you're doing. You've been doing it and you've been doing it well for a long time. It's just, it's just, it's in you now, you know, just like it's in me. And what, what, and, and we need to come together the way the left comes together and help each other, defend each other, fight for each other. And they can't defeat us. In a way, they already defeated. They can't defeat us. This is good versus evil. And we always win. This is the fourth iteration of this party that we've had to defeat. We, 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 we had to defeat them uh, the Civil War. We had to defeat them. Well, we had to defeat them, first of all, slavery. Then had to defeat them the Civil War. Then we had to defeat them in Jim Crow. And now we have to defeat them with this transgender and this anti-Christian bigotry thing that they got going on, this abortion thing. So we've always fought them. We all we've always defeated them. And you know what? We're gonna keep on fighting them and we'll fight them until hell freezes over. And when hell freezes over, we'll fight them on ice. Keep going.
0: (laughs) There's nobody I'd rather be in the foxhole with, Vince, than you. And thank you for the very kind words. And I've got to say, I I feel so blessed now to know you and to call you a friend. You are just such a hero of the republic and such a truth teller. And I know you're going with God. And we just all so appreciate you. I want everybody to to go to your website, VinceEEllison.com. Also, the documentary, Will You Go to Hell for Me, which you can find out, will you go to hellforme.com. And his two books, The Iron Triangle and 25 Lies. Go check them out as well. Vince, you are amazing. God bless you.
1: No, thank you so much. And thank you for all your your your, listening, your listeners. You got the smartest people in the world that, 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 that listen to your podcast. And I'm happy to have had that opportunity to spend some time with them.
0: Well, you are absolutely incredible. And we're honored to have you here. God bless.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating and very important conversation, which is why I wanted to spend the entire show on it. You can see how absolutely incredible he is, and he is a man with a mission. And again, he's essentially a one-man band, so he deserves all of our support. Check him out, please. All right. On Friday, we're going to be joined by Greg Jarrett. We're going to break apart the Trump legal challenges, what it's really all about, where we are. We'll talk about some other things with Greg Jarrett as well. And next week, very big special guest. You're not going to want to miss a second. All right. Have a great balance of your week. And I will see you right back here on Friday.